As Christians, we believe in the promise of salvation and the gift of everlasting life. But we also understand the need to be prepared. The end will come for our lives and for this world as well. And only God knows when those things are going to happen. Jesus sacrificed himself to consecrate us and make us holy. So now we have to prepare by living his commands every day of our lives. We have to demonstrate that we love our Lord and accept the gift of salvation by living lives of love. Welcome to the Real Word Podcast for the 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, Cycle B of the Roman Catholic Lectionary. I'm Brandon Jubar, and I'll be your guide as we walk through the readings for this week. It's an important process because we believe the scriptures are the inspired Word of God. But to really be nourished by the Word, we need to break it open and look a little deeper. We need to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Now, the messages I get from these scriptures might feel right to you, but you also might find that the Holy Spirit tells you something else, and that is absolutely all right. So if you're ready, let's dive in. As I said, tonight we'll be looking at the readings for the 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, Cycle B. Our first reading is from Daniel. It's chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Our second reading is from the letter to the Hebrews. It's chapter 10, verses 11 through 14, and verse 18. And our gospel reading is from Mark's gospel. It's chapter 13, verses 24 through 32. So just a couple things to note. First, we have readings from both the Old and New Testaments. So Daniel is from the Old Testament, or the Hebrew Scripture, while the letter to the Hebrews is from the New Testament, or the Christian Scripture, as is our Gospel reading. Tonight, we'll see that the wise will shine, the enemies will become a footstool, and heaven and earth will pass away. Okay, we'll start by going through the readings, then we can talk about the messages we find. As I said, our first reading is from Daniel. In those days I, Daniel, heard this word of the Lord. At that time Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. And our second reading is from the letter to the Hebrews. Brothers and sisters, day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. 
for by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. And our gospel is from Mark. Jesus said to his disciples, But in those days following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. All right, <clears throat> so let's take a first glance at these readings and we'll ask ourselves, well, what does it mean? What, what messages and meanings can we find if we dig around a little bit? So our first reading was from the book of Daniel. And you know, in this reading, Daniel's trying to convey a message that would help keep his fellow Jews loyal to the Lord. He wants people to, to face the harsh reality of what we refer to as God's second coming at the end of time. And that, that harsh reality is the fact that only the just will survive. So you may have noticed that the darker elements came first in this reading, where God, through Daniel, talks about a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. Now, what's interesting is that the book of Daniel was written around 170 BC, but it was telling stories about Daniel who lived prior to the Babylonian exile, which was about 450 years earlier. So when Daniel speaks of a time of distress, the likes of which have never been, you know, before been seen, the original audience for the book of Daniel, well, they were a people who had already experienced some horrible things. But, but then the, the final part of the reading is a bit of a counterbalance to the doom and gloom of the first part. Daniel offers up the hope of a great reward, even beyond death, for everyone who's faithful. He indicates that, that there's a special place for the wise who will be shining brightly and whatnot, whether they've already died or not. Remember, it says, those who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. But he does clarify that some of them <laughs> will awaken to everlasting life, while others will face uh, everlasting contempt. But this is one of the earliest biblical references 
to resurrection after death. You know, we're getting near the end of the liturgical year, which is, which is why the church uses readings about the end of life and the end of time. And there are a couple reasons at least to, to hear these scriptures on these last Sundays before Advent. The messages in readings like this should cause us to think about the eventual end of the world, but then also cause us to think about how well prepared we are for our own last days. Most people don't like to think about or, or talk about death. So readings about death in the end times can be difficult to hear. But it's important to remember that the basic the theological meaning of this particular passage, well, it, it should be comforting to believers. So the main message I got from our first reading is that the community of the faithful will be rewarded with everlasting life. Each Sunday we recite the Nicene Creed, and in it we profess that we believe in the communion of the saints, right? the communion of saints, which includes all believers, living and dead. Yet when we think about salvation, we tend to think of it as being very individual. But this passage reminds us that tradition more often speaks of salvation in this communal sense, embracing not only the community of faith in our time, but the community of faith of all time, because the community of the faithful will be rewarded with everlasting life. Our second reading was from the letter to the Hebrews. And once again, we're reading an explanation of Jesus as our one high priest above all others. The writer, once again, assures the listeners that they've been saved by the one sacrifice of Jesus. So all the repetition of the old traditional kinds of sacrifice, it, it just isn't necessary anymore. All we need to do now is trust in Jesus, follow his commands, and our salvation is assured. Now, as we've discussed in recent weeks, it's helpful to uh, understand the rhetoric of the writer of this letter to the Hebrews. He, he was trying really hard to make the point that we are saved by the one sacrifice of Christ, our high priest. In fact, he says we are made holy, to use the language in the passage, or to put it another way, his one sacrifice made perfect those who are being consecrated which is how the New American Bible interprets this line. Not those who are being made holy, but those who are being consecrated. But again, the, the point is that Christ's one sacrifice makes all the other sacrifices obsolete. So the main message I got from our second reading is that Jesus is our one and only sacrifice all the repetitive sacrifices and prayers and good deeds aren't going to buy our salvation for us. There's nothing we can do to earn our way into heaven. But we don't need to, because Jesus is our one and only sacrifice. And finally, our gospel reading was from Mark. And like our first reading, the gospel also refers to the end time. And it's likely that Jesus's words and descriptions really shook up the, the, the disciples when they heard him. 
you know, in the reading, Jesus is talking about the end of this world, but he's also talking about the events surrounding his death. And then at the end of this passage, he, he doesn't really leave any room for questions when he explains that God will save those who are faithful to the end, but only God knows when that end will be. So you know, these descriptions are kind of scary, but we shouldn't overlook the fact that they come with promises too. Because of Jesus, we don't need to fear our death or the end of the world if we have remained faithful. Jesus promises us life everlasting, so we shouldn't be afraid or anxious all the time. However, we do need to be prepared, and we need to stay alert for God's coming whenever and however it happens. Every year, the end of this long stretch of ordinary time, it gives us a chance to think about the end of the world and the end of our own lives. When Mark was, was writing the gospel for his community uh, between like 65 and 70 AD, it probably seemed to them like the world was ending. Their society was falling apart. Uh, lots of people had been displaced from where they lived and had lost their entire way of life. Uh, you know, they'd been driven from their homes and families, and a lot of them were in dire straits. It's likely that the time of suffering that Mark writes about isn't just from his theology or his imagination. It was something he was watching play out before his eyes every day. You probably noticed that Mark relates the strife and hardship of human life to events in the cosmos. And he talks about the sun, the moon, the stars, and the powers in the heavens. But this passage, it, it shouldn't make you look outside to see if some apocalyptic events are happening. What it should do is make us face up to the inevitable end of life, when God will be all in all. So the main message I got from our gospel reading is that we must be prepared for the coming of the Lord. Only God knows the time and place when Jesus will come again in glory. So we shouldn't just sit around and plan on getting ready someday. The end will come. The end of our lives, the end of the world. And even though the price for our salvation has already been paid, we must be prepared for the coming of the Lord. All right, let's sum up what we've talked about so far. In our first reading from Daniel, the main message I came away with was, the community of the faithful will be rewarded with everlasting life. Our second reading from Hebrews, the main message I got was, Jesus is our one and only sacrifice. And finally, the main message I got from our gospel reading was, we must be prepared for the coming of the Lord. As Christians, we believe in the promise of salvation and the gift of everlasting life, but we also understand the need to be prepared. The end will come for our lives and for this world as well, and only God knows when those things are going to happen. Jesus sacrificed himself to consecrate us and make us holy. So now we have to prepare by living his commands every day of our lives. We have to demonstrate that we love our Lord and accept the gift of salvation 
by living lives of love. So let's take a step back and we'll take a second glance at these readings overall and ask ourselves if our path is any clearer. To do this, I like to answer two questions. So what? And now what? Okay, so what? Why should we care about any of this? Well, we should care about this because we don't know the time and place of our death or of the end of the world. So we don't know if we have time to figure it out someday. Is that a risk worth taking? I don't think so. Besides, this world needs us now. The world needs all Christians to truly start loving our neighbors as ourselves. There is far too much hatred and divisiveness in the world today, and too many Christians, including lots of people within the Catholic Church, are only making the problem worse. They seem to think that preparing for the coming of the Lord means condemning and attacking everyone who doesn't completely agree with their position or opinion. We should care about this because we can make a difference, especially if we come together as a community of faith and focus on the gospel messages of love and forgiveness. And the last question I try to answer is, now what? All right, what are we supposed to do? Where do we go from here? As I said, the community of the faithful can make a difference if they're inspired to do so. Someone needs to step up and inspire others to set aside the anger and condemnation and focus on living as Jesus commanded us. Someone needs to inspire us to live the gospel messages of love and forgiveness every day. So with that in mind, here's your real question for the week. Who inspires you to live the gospel, and how can that inspire others too? We are called to share the good news and evangelize, but, but we do it in different ways. If you're not graced with the gift of inspiring people with words, then help others who do have that gift. And I'm not talking about sharing motivational memes on Facebook or Instagram. Spend some time thinking about who you've read, seen, or heard who inspires you to truly live the gospel message, and then think about how you can share that with others. All right, before I wrap things up, I would like to leave you with one more quote from Scripture. So as you're thinking about who inspires you and how you might share that inspiration with others, remember what we read in the second letter of Peter, chapter 1, verse 21. For no prophecy has ever produced was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. As we're trying to figure out how to help inspire others to live the gospel, remember that we're not alone in this. The Holy Spirit is right there by our side. All right, we've come to the end of our time here together. Thanks again for joining me. I'll be back again next week. But in the meantime, I really do encourage you to just use this as a starting point. Spend some time with the Bible on your own. Read through a passage a couple of times. Think about it. Pray about it. Open up not only your mind, but your heart. Break open the Word and then listen to what the Holy Spirit says to you. The Real Word Podcast is brought to you by The Real Values Project, Real Youth Ministry, and The Real Values Framework. 
REAL stands for respect, engage, accept, and lead. For more information on the REAL values, please visit keepingitreal.club. And finally, the Bible readings used for this podcast are from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 1973, 1978, 1984, and 2011, by Biblica Inc. Used by permission, all rights reserved worldwide.